This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Brandon Beecham, author, philosopher, and truth seeker, host of the Positive Head podcast and late night style talk show, Optimistic. Brandon is a serial entrepreneur who, while living on a friend's couch, co-founded what is present day Resort Share Company. Brandon, thank you for joining me and welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. This is a pleasure. Brandon, your book is called The Golden Key, Modern Mm -hmm. Alchemy to Unlock Infinite Abundance. What inspired you to write it? Great question. You know, I have, uh, like yourself, we are we are definitely, as we were talking about before, turning the microphone on um, or the recording the record button button on anyway. Um, that we're we're cut from similar similar cloths, and uh, one of the ways I would say that's true is we both do a lot of podcasts. So I started po- the Positive Head podcast in 2015. Uh, between myself and my co-host, we do five episodes a week. She does two, I do three. And we're, you know, 2000 episodes in. So I are almost. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I, I been talking about since my own sort of, let's say, spiritual awakening in the late 90s. I've talked to anyone who would listen. I mean, if you listen to episode one, a positive head, it's like, this is so my poor friends and family's ears can stop bleeding from me talking about consciousness and the ultimate nature of reality and just finding a new outlet uh, for it. And um, after, you know, years of doing that going on, what, nine years or so now, um, wow, I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, I, you know, at some point I thought I, I want to have something that really distills my perspectives on the ultimate nature of reality into something concise because I tend to be very verbose <laughs> and, you know, a podcast is great because it's very free form freestyle. But if you actually take everything that I'm saying and write it out, there's a lot there. There's a lot of ums and buts. And, you know, it's not the grammatically grammatically is pretty on paper, if you will. And so the idea was I want to just have something that's very concise. The, the golden key is, you know, 100 pages or so, three hours if you listen to my audio book. And it's 25 years of deep exploration of the ultimate nature of reality dispil- distilled through the, the the lens of the Brandon Beecham avatar, if you will. And, uh, you know, it's just something that I wanted to, 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 to get out into the world at some point. And so that that was the aim of the of the book. And uh, I'm happy to say, you know, I distilled it into here's eight keys I found, you know, 25 years of deep exploration. You can you can get this insight in, you know, three hours of listening or 100 pages of reading. And uh, yeah, that was the the aim and and mission of the the book. You mentioned the ultimate nature of reality. Mm -hmm. What is your definition of it? Hmm, What a question. Um, The ultimate nature of reality. I would say the 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 foundational thing that I can distill that down to is that we are all fractals of the one source consciousness that creates and animates all things. Uh, The consciousness that animates my form is the consciousness that animates your form. The separation between us is illusory in nature. So we are you know, we are not beings that were, I I always put on Facebook or wherever, if someone has a birthday come up, I'll say happy 3D incarnation anniversary, because you weren't created on that day, I don't believe. I I believe you're born into this dimension with amnesia on purpose. And uh, you're, you know, literally, as you hear these words, we are floating in eternity. And you are an infinite being that has always been and always will be. And, you know, that's the nature of the situation in which we find ourselves, I believe. And so everything I talk about on the podcast in the book in general is navigating my life through that lens. Hold on. If if there's only one of us everywhere I go, I'm there waiting for myself. And there's only one of us in the room. Now what? 
how, how would I act in the highest, greatest, grandest, best way possible to create the most um, positive outcome, the step into the highest timeline potential, if you will. And that I believe is the ultimate nature of reality. And once you start putting that lens on and just, I always say to people, especially if they're new to some of this information, look, I know it's a lot. I listen with an open mind, apply some of the perspectives and ideas and ultimately results speak the loudest, right? So what, what sort of results does it get you if a, you apply some of these perspectives and start navigating your life uh, through this lens? So are you saying that when we return to the other side, are we all collectively one or does our ego break down and we are just one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the way I view these sorts of questions, and it's a great question, um, is there's relative truths. You and I are separate. There is an argument to be made for that that many would most would agree with. We're, we're, you know, you're Jeff, I'm Brandon, I live in California, you live in Texas, on and on it goes, you know, we're, I'm seeing you over uh, the internet right now and in, in another location. So we're separate. That's true. Um, from another perspective, I would say the consciousness that animates my form is the consciousness that animates your form. The separation is illusory in nature, and therefore we're one. So a divine dichotomy, two apparently contradictory things that both hold true, depending on the vantage point from which we are speaking. So it's it, there, there are relative truths. And I think that is very important to understand as we sort of play with a lot of these, you know, concepts, because there are little human brains that can, it can melt our brains <laughs> to try and understand, you know, infinity, for example, like, how do you even wrap your mind around the concept, you know? And um, so, yeah. I believe that that it's relative truths and and at, at some level there there is no separation whatsoever you, you there is a you know if you think of source consciousness the universe higher self god whatever term you want to try and give the thing that's unnameable <laughs> it's 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 viewing through many lenses right so there's a lens through which if you follow my consciousness up the ladder let's say uh, it's it's viewing it is god it is the you know and then oh it it and a lot of people you know i know you have people who have near death experiences and things on the show and i'm sure you've heard this and seen this a bunch i was then you know i was one with everything and i there i knew everyone's heart and mind and every story and every it was just me there was nothing else. And then all of a sudden I was told to go back and there was some level of separation and I was shoved down into this tiny body that I could barely fit in and it felt so constraining. And so, um, you know, it, 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 it's what we are is so incredible. It's, it's able to do all of this you know, simultaneously. So, you know, I, there's a version of me, uh, up, up, up the conscious ladder, if you will, that is seen and experienced all of it as one. And there is absolutely no, uh, separation between Jeff and Brandon, and it's the same being having the same experience. And then here we are with having the beautiful experience of separation as well, which makes it all, you know, that contrast, I believe is what gives it meaning because if it's all one and there's nothing else, then that's the same one and zero become the same in a sense, right? You know, it's, it's, it becomes nothingness. So um, yeah, that's the dance I believe we're engaged in eternally. I know it's probably impossible to do, but do you live your life when you interact with people, you're interacting with yourself? Mm. That, that is my foundational aim in, um, in my interactions, you know, and I always, you know, I'll give talks sometimes like at festivals, uh, I think of, you know, okay, I encourage you now to go out from this workshop and today really play with the idea and let it settle into your being that everywhere I go, I'm there waiting for, for myself. There's only one of us in the room and, and operating from that, you know, this is the core foundation of the situation in which I find myself. I'm not going to buy into the illusion of separation. So what is... And, and everything that's reflecting back to me is a is a close enough vibrational match that it's it's showing itself to me out of all the potentials of what I could be experiencing in this moment. 
the varied, you know, we think of just media in general, the people hearing this out of all the things vying for their precious attention, I would say it's because they're such a close vibrational match. They're attracting this version of themselves uh, for some some reason, whether it's a positive, uplifting, easy uh, experience or whether it's challenging, especially if it's challenging. Hmm. Why is this happening for me? What is this showing me about myself? And if my aim is to always slip into that vantage point in perspective and part of being human, I think is two steps forward, one step back. We're, you know, we're, we're riding, uh, everything is vibrational in nature. And at some point we're really connected to that concept and idea and it's present in our, you know, in our reality and then in in our minds and hearts. And then like Mike Tyson says, you know, you may have that, you may have that aim too. just, you know, when you step into a situation or whatever that you, I'm going to be with the in-laws for, you know, this holiday, keep, remember Brandon, you know, remember Jeff. And then like Mike Tyson says, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden you get around or Ram Dass said, you know, if you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your family. And it's, uh, you know, it's easy for us, I think, to get as we're getting our sea legs, if you will, as 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 evolving beings to get thrown off. And that's OK. It's part of the challenge, I think, is, you know, when you are aware enough to know this stuff. And then for me, a big challenge I'm pretty fiery. I've got a lot of energy flowing through me. And so I can get, you know, fiery. I can get in a, in a, not, it's a double-edged sword. That same fire has served me well with starting businesses and podcasts and, you know, do, 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 you know, make things happen. And that same energy, not, you know, not contained and managed efficiently. Something's not going my way. Someone does does me wrong, right? As if there were such a thing. And then it's like the the fire hose comes out, you know, just like energetically blasting, you know, um, whoever, whatever, you know, getting agitated, angry, upset. Um, and so for me personally, that's been a big challenge is not allowing agitation and that energy to to go dark. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think, but it's a dance. And, and one of the things I think once you become aware of this stuff, that's easy to do, then it's like, oh gosh, I slipped. I fell off the wagon. I just like, I was awful. The way I handled that was like, oh my gosh, I can do so much better. I know better. Now you start beating yourself up for what you should, or you knew better, you should, or shouldn't have done. And it's like, once you realize it's all divine, it's like, Hey, you know what? You if I slip off and I, I don't handle something in a way that is, um, you know, my highest and best, I, I realize like, oh, well, all that means, Brandon, is the universe is going to give you another chance to get it right. And uh, so my what motivates me most is I don't want to repeat some of these things. And um, but beating yourself up is a is a, is definitely a slippery slope. We need to be very cautious of because then what are you doing? You're just adding to you're, you're decreasing your vibration again you know, and, uh, it, you came here to, to learn and grow. And that is not always pretty. It's interesting that you mentioned beating yourself up. So many of my guests talk about how we're too hard on ourselves. Yep. Even near death experiencers talk about that. Yep. Why do you think we do this to ourselves? You know, it's, it's interesting because I always say we have such varied paths as souls. And the number one thing I believe we're all here to, to really lock in, get, understand, and, and master self-love. Um, and the reason that's present for each of us as part of our path, no matter how varied they may be and how, why it's so foundational, is because you are a fractal of source, right? And what is source's experience if you are a chip off the block and it's it's your your source playing itself out in a smaller context let's say in a in a smaller playing field smaller arena what is source experiencing at the ultimate its ultimate experience it is it, it is alone it is a journey of self love it is if you're one if it's all you there are no others ultimately and so this is a journey of self love for source for us and if you are, and we find so often, it's so much easier to give grace to others. And then when it comes to self, we're so hard on ourselves. And meanwhile, that is 
that is that self-deprecation, self-destructive kind of behavior isn't helpful. It's okay to 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 acknowledge where you slept and and own it. I'm not saying don't own it, don't be aware, but then once you are aware and you've gotten the information you need about the situation, it's so important to be for something and against nothing. I'm not against how I behaved. If I'm against how I behaved all the time, what you resist persists. You're giving it's literally, you know, the Wright brothers didn't contemplate flying by they didn't learn how to fly by contemplating the stain on the ground of things right mother teresa when they came to her and said we're going to do a million person march against the war in vietnam we want you to be front and center she said i'll never do that but have a march for peace and i'll be there because she understood what you resist persists so beating yourself up for something that's in the past when really it's just a learning right it's like You don't get stronger by, you know, going to the gym, you get stronger by continuing to press the weights and you maybe lifted some weights there and maybe your arms gave out, but next time you'll be stronger. And so, you know, just really putting things in the proper context is, is vital and understanding that, you know, the self-love thing is everything. Everything's built on that foundation. And, you know, the reality is there's no soul that is more worthy of love than you. Because there is no other souls. It's all reflections of you. You are as, as valuable and worthy as any other soul ever has been, could be, or will be, just simply based off the nature of what the heck's going on here. And so once you start really feeling that, tapping into that, it, it, it allows you to, to introduce grace more gracefully into your own journey. Do you think there can be a slippery slope between self-love And then going to the opposite, like greed, narcissism, self-absorption. Where do we find the balance? Great question. You know, I always say one of the biggest um, checkpoints, you know, I I think of our life kind of like the video game, right? And there's a lot of evidence to kind of support that simulate. When you and I talked a little bit about this before we began, simulation argument, simulation theory. Uh, you know, it's it's like this whole thing is made of light. There are certain rules that someone has programmed, you know, and I so I think a lot in terms of the the video game that many of us have played, you know, uh, you and I are close to the same age. So, you know, I, I think of going through Super Mario Brothers, the first version of it back in the day. It's like, oh, if I pass the test and beat the boss at the end of the level, I level up. I get new armor. I get new, you know, opportunities, new experiences. And I I think our life plays out in that way as well. And this is an elaborate game in in a sense. And, um, you know, one of the big stopping points, the bosses at the end of a level, I I believe is spiritual narcissism. Um, Because once you start having your awakening, you know, and this information starts really flooding in and you're feeling it in your, you know, um, your heart and mind and soul and, it's like, oh my gosh, I am the one, right? I, I'm just like Jesus, just like, you know, I, I am it. I, you know, and you start feeling the truth of that reality. And when you start understanding that source is infinite in its scope. So there are timelines where your avatar hearing this has done incredible things that are reflective of what the one could pull off. Right. And I think some people fall in that spiritual narcissism trap and then it creates, oh, and I'm better than you too. You know, it's like, hold on. Yes, you're the one, but, but don't get your panties in a bunch. So is everyone else that you see, right? They're the one too, whether or not they're tapping into that realization at the same level you are or not, if they haven't, they will. And maybe not even in this life, but don't even get, get it twisted that you are somehow superior. You're not inferior either, right? You are it. And so I think that spiritual narcissism uh, stop off point, checkpoint, if you will, boss, get some people. I I can think of some people, one person in particular in my life, it's just like, oh, or a few, really. It's like, oh, man, if you could just get past your ego and you're thinking that you're superior, you have so much to offer. And instead, that ends up, you know, it's like a snake eating its own tail kind of thing. When talking about the simulation theory in your book, I think you're basically calling it the golden game, right? Mm. Uh, you know, well, I talk about Nick Bostrom and, you know, the, the Oxford professor who put, put forth this, this idea of simulation theory 
in like, I think 2001 or so. And that really where it started to take hold and you have people like Elon Musk talking about it. And, you know, a lot of people considering this idea that we are in a simulation. And uh, so the golden game is sort of at the end of the book where I, I challenge people to play a game with the, the universe and see you know, if you can set intention, you know, once you, I think ritual is really important and setting intent where attention goes, energy flows. So if you have some structure, uh, you know, in this case, here's a structure of a game that you could play to manifest what form of abundance are you most wanting to call in, you know, next, it, it, you know, a lot of people think in terms of monetary abundance. And to me, that's, I mean, it's important in our monetary based reality, but compared to health or our fulfilling relationship or you know it's way down the the totem pole i would say so here's let's play an exercise to use your you know your uh focus if you will and pattern and ritual to see if you can drum up more uh abundance in your life uh that you've set the intention to drum up so that's really what the golden game is about and because i gift the book to people too it's like i tie it to now if this book has been a value you can you can you know, look at the idea of like, if you decide to uh, pay something for it out of your own accord, you don't have to do anything. It's a pleasure and an honor to gift it to you. And if you decide to do something proactively, you don't have to, to, to sort of create more currency, more flow, energetic flow. Uh, let's use that as a, now let's see if we can get that, to, that currency to flow back to us in terms of like, oh, I want more of a better relationship. I want wh whatever it is. And so it's just the whole thing's gamified. And um, so it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's directly tied to the idea of simulation theory, other than we're playing a game within a potential simulation. Well, in your book, you write about the eight keys to abundance. Can you, without giving us the whole book, can you briefly tell us about those? Key one, lie. Key two, cheat. Key three, steal. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, what? <laughs> Not quite. Um, yeah, so once again, these are the keys that I've come up with uh, based off of my 25 years of exploring this, uh, these perspectives and ideas and trial and error and teaching best what I most need to learn and being a slow learner sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to just rattle off the keys if you'd like. Sure. So the first key is see the oneness. The second key is know the illusion. The third key is focus your flow. The fourth key is align your intentions. The fifth key is BBB. The sixth key is trust the mystery. The seventh key is love what comes. The eighth key or golden key is master the universe, the Y-O-U universe. So master the universe. Is one key more important than the rest? You know, I kind of use the, the, the golden key, uh, the eighth key as the one that ties the others together. You know, once you have... Seeing the oneness, know the illusion, focusing, you're learning to focus your flow, you're aligning your intentions, you're learning to be, you're trusting the mystery, you're loving what comes. You now are stepping into mastery of your, your YOU, your own private. I believe we're all the lead actor, actress, star, director of our own private universe. And you are the star of the show. And I am a, a prop in your universe. You're the only one in it and sources perceiving through that avatar and they're infinite reality. So there's, you know, you're in your prop and mine. It's like, of course I make it. Of course I do great things. I'm the only one here, <laughs> you know? And so it's really, you know, I, I would say, yeah, that's the one that sort of ties them all together. Um, mastering your universe. I love that because I've asked that from a guest before, if it's possible that we're the only one here and everybody else is just like a non-player character. In a sense, I think, uh, it, it, once again, we're back to these relative truths. You know, what vantage point from which are we speaking? But from a certain vantage point, I'm literally source who's chosen this one character to perceive and experience through. And then I've built an entire reality 
what is it? The Truman Show? <laughs> like I built a whole reality around me to reflect me back to me in every interaction, every story I hear, you know, that's happening in, on the news, every, it's all a part of uh, my being. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's inviting me to wake up to the, the truth of the reality. And this is how, you know, source um, entertains herself and experiences and has it's, it's this journey of self-love, but, it, but behind the smoke and mirrors of it all, it's, it's one being, you know, floating in eternity uh, with itself. Do you think that we have to be mindful of our thoughts? Because if not, we'll manifest bad things in our lives. I, I believe, um, you know, the Positive Head podcast started because I had a company um, at the time called The Resort Chair, where I had a, a, a lot of employees and um, using my thoughts to manifest more financial abundance. I called in the circumstances that led to me having going from living on my friend's couch to an Inc. fastest growing private company that was doing, you know, north of 10 million a year in revenue. What only one in 10,000 entrepreneurs ever achieves uh, that, that level of, you know, um, volume uh, revenue, if you will. And so, you know, I'm standing up giving a talk in front of my employees one day and I'm talking about if I could just put something on you your arm that would monitor every thought you had throughout the day and put it and simplify it into two buckets positive or negative and and then at the end of the day you could show me how many positive thoughts and how many negative thoughts I can give you an indicator of where your life's going Right. And so that's when someone came up to me and he goes, oh, you know, one an employee I hardly had met came up and said, oh, my gosh, I kind of this kind of exists. My uh, psychiatrist had told me to do this uh, simple technique of putting a rubber band on my wrist. And every time I would have a positive thought, a negative thought, just like pop myself just to break myself out of the pattern. And I thought, oh, what an interesting idea. You know, I'd never heard of this. So I went home and uh, just started rummaging through my drawer and found an old racquetball, um, a racquetball racket, like uh, it, it has a, a wrist holder. So you tie it around. So if you let go, it doesn't hit the guy next to you in the face. And it was a head racket. So I, it was this elastic that had been on a racket and it said head on it. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. It's poppy. It's like, you know, I can snappy. I could wear it on my wrist and it says head perfect this is to create a positive head and that's how the podcast originally you know then i actually created a product similar to this out of recycled you know materials and created early day positive head bracelets and then i was like well i need something more on this you know website other than this product what do i do and then late night talks and next thing you know by morning it's like i'm gonna start a podcast called positive head and here we are so do you think that we're the cause of our own suffering? I don't believe there's ever been a victim in all of eternity. And that's a tough one. That's probably one of the most challenging perspectives that I and others will share, especially when someone's had something very, way more challenging than I've experienced. And, you know, and it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, look at you. You, you know, been blessed with health and a good family. And, you know, your challenges compared to whatever, some dramatic challenge is, you know, minimal. And I understand that. And I respect that. And I don't, you know, I, my, my, my belief is, is that we choose our parents. We choose our, you know, everything that is happening has been, you know, it, it, I believe it's a dance with our higher selves. So you have, you know, um, you have Brandon, the, the conscious human being who based off of all my inputs and knowledge and information, I think that this is the best thing for me to do today. And so I'm setting an intention to do a certain thing. Then you have the higher self, the, you know, it's like Russian nested dolls, the version of me that's more in a sense and i'm i'm playing checkers and my higher self is playing chess and it's viewing from a vantage point in growth and evolutionary scale that's well beyond this one little lifetime and my desire to you know go play tennis this afternoon um and so i i think you know, prior to coming into incarnation i think there's things that we've also set up as you know key 
moments that are tied to that particular character or avatar. So unbeknownst to me, there's a plan that at this point in time, I'm going to lose my job, lose my partner, lose whatever. So I think I'm choosing as much as I can with the information that I have. And then I think there's some choices that have been made by a part of me that are that are sort of beyond, um, you know, my ability to affect. You know, I think from this moment forward, there's many, many, many versions of Brandon. And I talk about this in the book, how my life plays out at the corner of all our lives play out at the corner of free will and destiny. It's destined because time is an illusion. It's all already happened. Uh, so free will comes in because source is infinite and it has so many varied possibilities from this moment forward of of which version I actually see in my movie. Right. And so. That's where the the sort of choice comes in. It's all already happened, you know, and you want to choose, well, okay, the greatest and grandest version of yourself, the most rewarding from this moment forward. No matter how grandiose, Source has already been there, done that, and gotten the t-shirt because time is illusory. So Brandon has actually already lived that out. Our job where our free will comes in is we get to choose which version we step into by managing our vibration. We We be it to see it, right? Most people are doing something like work in order to have something like money in order to be something like happy when really being something like happy will bring the things that you want to do and have that reflect that. So I think this is where the dance is for us, free will and destiny. We get so much uh, wiggle room, if you will, to co-create our reality. And I don't think, now I could be wrong, but I doubt you know, there's a version of the avatar Brandon Beecham uh, from this moment forward or Jeff that goes on to play center for the Los Angeles Lakers next year. Right. So there's certain confines within a particular avatar's potential trajectory based off of, you know, you know, the conditions of that character. Right. And so. So, yeah, I think we create our reality and there's a part it's it's back to this two apparently contradictory things that both hold true uh, you know uh, this divine dichotomy and there's a surrender element that's very important because um you know there's there's uh, things at play that are beyond your ability to to you know fully control every now and then i'll be doing something like for example, I would be walking on the edge of a cliff and then I kind of imagine, wow, it would really suck if I slipped and fell off the cliff. Mm -hmm. And then I wonder, is it possible in another timeline I actually did slip and fall off the cliff? You ever think about stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Yeah. And uh, I would say absolutely it is. You know, it's like if you think of source being infinite in its resources, in time, no time, right? There is no time. So it's, you know, infinite in all directions, time, resources, potentials, you know, source probably plays out a lot of things you haven't stepped into with this character. If we get back to how you were on your friend's couch, mm -hmm. from my research of you, that friend was actually your ex. Yeah, that's correct. How, how did that, all, how did, a, <laughs> how did that play out? You know, I mean, I've always been pretty unconventional um, and I have a child. Uh, and so it's the mother of my child at the time uh, had just remarried. And um, I was I was like, God bless you. You know, Jim, I wish you the best because <laughs> she's a lot. And and I just um yeah, I had just kind of went through um, launching this social music sharing platform at the time called Industry. I had um, in you know two thousand eight, two thousand nine timeframe, and excuse me, and I um, yeah, I, I you know hit some hard challenges with it. Financial resources were really not in a great spot at that moment. I'd set the intention to manifest more. That was the beginning of Resort Share. She had a place where we already had a good relationship raising our child together where they had extra room and, you know, like, oh, yeah, just, you know, come stay with us. And she was very, you know, unconventional as well. And him and I were great. We we're friends. We ended up working together years later. And so, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I just, it's like, oh, okay, I can say, save money staying here. It makes it easier with handing off our kid all the time. Um our child at the time who still, you know, needed to be 
now he's an adult, but, um, so, so yeah, that's kind of what I did. And then that was the beginning of, um, what is, you know, what went on to, to be a, a big company. And so obviously I didn't just stay there very long. <laughs> well, I mean, you achieved massive success where if you achieved what only one in 10,000 could do, what do you think your secret was? Well, uh, first off, the secret, I would say, is encoded in the question because it's not it, one in 10,000 have done, but all 10,000 can do, right? So that's really the answers in the way you pose the question. You, you achieve what you said, what one in only 10,000 could do. They, they ha, you know, maybe they haven't done it, but they're all capable of it. And the real secret to it was, hey, I am in this moment. I launched this thing that I thought was really like my biggest project I was meant to bring to the planet, all these spiritual breadcrumbs. And, um, you know, if you ever want to hear that story, it's quite a trippy story. If you, if you go to the website industry, um, you can hear the podcast there where I tell the whole origin story of industry and that's spelled T R I N D U S T R dot E E. Um, and, um, it's yeah, it's quite the story. And I thought, okay, this is what I'm meant to do. I have some crazy spiritual breadcrumbs, synchronicities leading me to do this project, hitting walls, personal tragedy within my family, um, needing to put it on hold. And uh, but I still knew all these things that I'm talking about, even though I hit a wall, a huge wall in my life. The question is, why is this happening for me? You know, I know. My worth is not tied to how successful I am financially or from a business perspective. At that moment, I was, you know, in my early 30s and um, on my ex's couch, you know. I mean, you by any traditional standards, you could say this guy's the loser. He's whatever, you know. And that story just wasn't anywhere in my being. It was like, yeah, this, the, the greater the one toils for their freedom, the greater the sense of freedom is attained. The more challenge, the more upside, you know, the, the higher the branches, the deeper the roots. Okay, I'm experiencing some deep roots right now. So it's only going to lead me, you know, it's this or something better. Okay, that didn't go as planned. Next, because it didn't over if I haven't won. And so that's the story that I was just really, you know, I believed in every ounce of my being, which led to, you know, uh, the universe needing to respond energetically to the vibrational pool I was swimming in. And that led to, you know, the success. We all have a certain amount of fear in our lives. And I'm sure you even had some when you started this business. Oh, yeah. What is your advice to help people overcome that fear? Great question. Fear uh, can stand for two things in my mind. F-E-A-R can be forget everything and run or face everything and rise. And so it's fear is an opportunity for expansion. And at the end of the day, you know, and and I'm someone, you know, I think we part of our journey as beings is to really is to really transmute a lot of things that come from our ancestral line. It's in your DNA. And, you know, I look at my mother, a lot of fear around something happening to her children or, you know, or my father, you know, we have the same birthday. I have a lot of synchronous, crazy synchronicity around my birthday. Oh. And um, we have the same birthday and his grandmother and great, great grand died on that day and on and on. There's so much to that. That story's a trip. If you ever want to hear it, I'll, I'll share. But um, it, uh, he has a lot of fear around he, you know, God you know, dad is going to punish you like his father, you know, is not an, the nicest guy. And so if you get it wrong, you're going to get hurt, you know? And so there's a lot of fear in my own lineage. And I've seen that come up. I, a lot of times I've had people tell me, man, you're fearless with business and da, da, da. And I've had moments, you know, even on plant medicines, uh, you know, I've done ayahuasca half a dozen times. Most of those were processing fears, fears of something horrible happening, you know? And so I, I realize though now as, as I've, you know, dealt with my own fears, like I said, a lot of times for me, they've come up in the past using some sort of a plant medicine or, uh, you know, entheogen. And, and as over time I've worked, it's allowed me to work through it more and more and face those and to realize like, you know what, the, the only thing to fear 
is the fear of fear. <laughs> We're scared of being scared. Well, what if I just like one of the keys, I trust the mystery. Like I am an untouchable fractal of source. I've always been, I always will be. Anything that comes to me, you know, uh, that's got shadow frequency, you know, uh, what if I just embrace it? What if I love it? What if I, if I can bring the vibration of love and fearlessness to it, wow, what have I accomplished? You know, and it's interesting. I mentioned, we've talked about my child's mother who, who, you know, it's a very sad from one perspective and challenging story with her. You know, at that time she was, when I was staying on her couch, she was just starting to go from being oh, like, she's intense and, a, you know, a little crazy, like people you, we have all known and loved, like, okay, they're a little, they're a little intense and wacky to the cheese slipping fully off the cracker in a sense of, you know, if you were to see her now, it's really sad. Um, you can't even, it's like a wild animal almost. It's like a possessed person. It's so dark. And so, and so, but I look at it and I, I had, I don't know if you, do you know who Shaman Durek is? I don't. He's, he's pretty well known. He has a podcast um, and uh, he's engaged. Maybe they're married now. I think he's still engaged to the princess of Norway. And so dad is the king in the whitest country on the planet. And he's a big black bisexual shaman. <laughs> so they've gotten a lot of press in Europe. And, uh, and um, so I had him on my podcast years ago and he, he claims to be able to tap into anyone multidimensionally and, you know, really perceive beyond the veil. And you know, I was talking about, he's talking about possession. And I was like, you know, I didn't really believe in possession until I saw my child's mother. It's like a possessed person. And he's like, Oh, let me tap in. And he's like, oh, yeah, she's possessed. And it's an entity that goes by Lavana. And he goes into all these details about Lavana. And when she was in the physical form, she was, you know, beheaded people and was this tyrant. And does your kid's mother say this or say that or do that? You know, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, at the end of it, I'm like, you know, I'll never prove these. I'm very open, but, you know, there's no, how am I going to prove she's possessed by Lavana? She talks like a possessed person. She will even speak in like old English kind of, you know, really dark stuff. And, and uh, I'm telling my son about it afterwards. I'm like, you should listen to this podcast with um, this guy, Durek. And uh, he, he says your mother, he talks about your mother and that she's possessed by an entity that is named Lavana. And he looked at me and he goes, dad, that's what she just named my new sister. Yeah. So I bring that up because here in my own life, there's this, I, I see us as like yin and yang. I'm representing a lot of light on the planet. I've reached a lot of people with positive head and, you know, the book and through the, the, the transformational hub, co-living space event center. I helped to steward with my partner in, in Los Angeles and, um, and it's like, we're like, the, the higher the branches, the deeper the roots. And my son is very clear, very kind, very, you know, to be determined what he does with his young adult life. But, you know, I've had some pretty intense predictions around him being, you know, this huge actor and all these things when he was young and this huge star that reaches and touches millions and millions of lives and you know, I am always listening to those things with open mind. I'm not overly committed to, you know, uh, this is definitely how it is. I don't, I don't really do that. But, you know, in the last couple of years, he's been in 30 productions. He just, uh, you know, got a film into the Cannes Film Festival. He's voted best actor in an indie film in the Los Angeles Film Awards a few months back. He's just like, he can barely handle all the auditions that he gets accepted for, you know? And so it's like, Okay, so if I'm representing all this light on the planet and I'm going to only touch more people and he is the same, what is she holding down? You know, it's like the reason you and I can have this conversation is because Saturn or Jupiter or both, I forget which, is absorbing all the impact, all the things, debris that comes into our system. They suck in and absorb so that we don't get bombarded and basically, you know, atomic bomb meteor asteroid attack all day every day right we couldn't live without them and i really view her my my more expanded perspective on it is this soul is such a badass such a powerful soul that loves me and her son so much she said i'll absorb the dark so that you can have you know the high branches you can you can be the light and, you know, I look at him and the choice he made, he chose like yin and yang to 
create him, you know, in a sense. And it's like, you look at it through that lens and then it becomes beautiful in a sense. Right. And so I don't remember how you got me on this <laughs> topic, but I somehow landed here and hopefully it's a, it's a story we're sharing. <laughs> what about people who find themselves stuck in life often? What is your recommendation for them? Well, uh, if someone is feeling stuck, you know, one of the biggest things that will keep you stuck is resistance to being stuck. <laughs> that which you resist persists. That which you accept, you move through. So you've probably tried a lot of things if you're feeling stuck. Have you tried accepting being stuck? Have you tried loving being stuck? Have you considered that maybe you're being prevented from something that wouldn't serve you the way you think it would? Ah, I'm feeling stuck. I want this new job or whatever. You know, when I, I firmly believe when you've learned whatever you're meant to learn from an experience, natural separation occurs. I had, a, I had an experience with this, you know, as I mentioned, I run a co-living space in the Los Angeles area and it's, you know, 10 people at any given time and events and a lot of energy, a lot of, you know, a lot. And I had someone show up one time with my birthday, which is a big trigger in my, you know, I always, my ears perk up like, oh, here we go. You know, this is some close reflection. And this person had some, there's some real darkness there, a really good heart, but also there's some mental health stuff as well. And he, at one point was like, no, oh, he just, he blew the place up with his, his madness is the best way I can put it. And it really triggered my own shadow, which is what he was showing up. Here's your shadow, you know, uh, in dramatic form. And, and at one point I was going to, I was stuck. I couldn't figure out. He wouldn't leave. He's like, you know, it's COVID times too. You can't kick me out of here. I'll take your room. And did it. And it was like, I mean, his energy was similar to the, 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 the child's mother, you know, but now I'm living with it, you know? And it's like, I, it was over Christmas and right before I left to go visit my parents for the holidays, um, he had a big outbreak and, you know, just, you know, it was, it was really gnarly, crazy threats, life threatening my life, like really weird, dark stuff. And I, you know, I said to my partner, I was like, you know, I can't, I'll never go, I'll never go back. I'll, I'll, I'll let this beautiful property that we've stewarded and put together and so much energy to create this you know, beacon of transformation and consciousness in Los Angeles hub, <clears throat> if you will, I got to let it go. I'll never sleep under the same roof with that soul again. It's not worth it. And I remember in the moment I had decided to let it go, a second thought popped in. Brandon, if you get the lesson that he brings a natural, you don't need to figure out how to get him, get rid of him. He'll get rid of himself. It'll, it, once you get the the lesson that he brings, the gift that he's bringing you, and and then with my partner's help, um, she was like Brandon. Part of the issue with him is every time you interact with him, you know, in person, he triggers your own, you know, my own ability to get really hyped and over animated and agitated, and and it's like it turns into not a pretty scene. She's like, you, you we're here on vacation over the next week or so. Just interact only via text with him. And don't ever lose your cool. Stay the same, stay the same, stay the same. And you text, add it, add it as a buffer to help me with that, right? So he was, I was like, you know, you need to leave, uh, you know, texting. Uh, this isn't working anymore. You are not, you know, you got to go. You can't get me out of here. I'll take your, you know, all the threats and crazy talk. And I would just consistently say the same thing, kindly. I'm sorry, you need to leave. This isn't working anymore. And after like a week or so of that, um, all of a sudden out of nowhere, oh, good news. I got this great opportunity in Las Vegas. I'm out of here. Woo. This is my idea, you know, mm -hmm. and off he went. And so I was stuck. And once I first surrendered and said, okay, I'm willing to just let it all go. I don't need it. It's, it's obviously meant. And then right behind that came, as soon as I let that, that energy was present, then it was like, hold on. What if you really pass the test he's offering you? Would, would it naturally separate, natural separation occur? And it did. And so I would say the thing you probably haven't tried is just accepting being stuck, loving yourself there. And as soon as you do that, all of a sudden, different energy has been 
introduced into the equation that hasn't been introduced before. And like Winston Churchill said, you know, if, if you're if you're going through hell, keep going. Because one thing that's guaranteed, one thing I can guarantee is change. So if you don't like something, guaranteed it's going to change in some way, shape, or form. And by the way, if you love something, guaranteed it's going to change. So you better bring your full presence and appreciation to it. And by taking this understanding, and that's a, we can't we can't speak in absolutes about much, you know I don't believe, uh, but we can when we say change is guaranteed, and so it's it's guaranteed to change in some way, shape, or form your life. Um, so relaxing into that, and like the 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 seventh key in in the golden key, love what comes, or as Matt Kahn puts it, whatever arises, love that. If you can, if you can do that. Try that formula on for size and see see what it does for you. Do you feel that people like your ex-wife and this guy has been a pattern of people in your life and this guy finally finished the pattern? You got it. I have a great add-on to that um, question because, yes, absolutely, these are close reflections. I feel I, I have a lot of love for both of them, right? I can feel with him... I feel like um, it's funny because I live in Los Angeles. We get very little weather. I mean, this year's been the rainiest I've ever seen it in 20 some years being there. But um, otherwise, it's, you know, we're stuck in the best season all the time within 15 degrees, you know. And um, and the day he left um, the Mystic Manor, as we call it, the day he left the manor, um, within an hour of his leaving, his departure, people, I wasn't there. Uh, but people who were there and I saw it on video camera, they were like, Brandon, it was like a tornado hit the house. <laughs> it was like, I've never, I've lived there almost four years. I've never had anything blow off my balcony. All the things on my balcony got blown off this big umbrella and, you know, and, and it looked like hail and like, you know, on the camera, it was like, I'm an hour down the road and it's sunny and fine. And it was like, you know, I feel like energetically. I passed a test. I I I completed a boss's challenge <laughs> that probably I had failed in many lifetimes with this person, and uh, it cleared the it like creates a vacuum of new energy to come in, and it's like you know tornado vibes. <laughs> All of a sudden, the energy's clear. It's sunny again. Now I'll hear from him from time to time, and uh, I I you know I, I have nothing but love for the, this person, and it is is a great gift. Your your challenges are blessings. And once you shift your lens to see that, and it's really hard when you're in it, of course, but it doesn't take me long to start saying, ah, hmm, okay, why is this happening for me? What is this showing me about myself? How is this reflecting some part of me back to me that is for my good and growth? And once you put on those that lens with your life, you're on the fast track. What do you think is the best way to incorporate spirituality into your professional life? You know, everything is, a, is, a, is you know, who who is it that said, um, oh, what's it? I'm going blank on the guy's name. Um, he said, walk as if you're, walk as if your feet are kissing the ground, right? And the idea, the energy of that, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, um, is everything is sacred. Every moment, once you realize this moment is as divine as any other moment ever has be has been could be or will be and your job is to bring the awareness of that into it you know, monday at the water cooler in the office after a long weekend and like where can i find the beauty here and so you know the person that rubs you wrong and you know rumi said if how will you be how will your mirror be polished if you're annoyed by every rub and so these rubs are there to make you stronger and become more so understanding the thing you don't like your job maybe there's certainly people listening who don't it's there because there's an opportunity still there for you when you've exhausted the opportunity like i had a guest on my show Derek Rydall years ago, you can go search R-Y-D-A-L-L. -L. Yeah, I had him on a few times and he shares this incredible stories of, of being an actor who's doing pretty well to hitting hard times, to needing to go and become a waiter in Hollywood. And now he's waiting on his peers from before. They're coming in and he's humiliated at first. And what have I fallen to? I'm this lowly waiter. And then he had the realization that like, hold on, 
If I'm here, I'm here for a reason. And I'm going to be the best darn waiter that's ever existed. And so he poured all his love and attention and energy and appreciation and the opportunity to not define his worth based off of this job that he, some part of his ego viewed not worthy, right? And he became the best waiter in the place. And he started doing so amazing that he started irritating other people there because he's making them look bad. And ultimately, um, they had asked him to to leave because he was in a fit. It was like, he was like, you know, standing out in a way that would like disrupted things. And so he's like, and Brandon, I actually went from that to within a month, I'm on a private jet coaching people. And, you know, and it's like, what a gift, right? So he used, there is no better place for you to get to the, 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 the life of your dreams. No better starting point than where you are right now. You are perfectly positioned to lead exactly to the most grandiose, greatest and grandest version of yourself you've ever dreamed possible based off of where you currently sit. And so once you understand, and that may not look like a beautiful, you know, starting place with, you know, unicorns and rainbows, and nor is it supposed to. And if you can bring your self-love, self-appreciation, uh, uh, Focus BBB in the present of where you're at. The present is called the present because it's your gift. It is the gift. It is the most ideal and optimal thing to be happening for you in order for you to be led to the next greatest and greatest version of yourself. The source is perfect. It's never gotten it wrong. It's always happening for you in the most divine way possible. Now your book, The Golden Key, is free, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Um, if you go to goldenkey.gift.gift and you use the code love, L-O-V-E, at checkout, you can get the audio and or ebook uh, as a gift. And it gives you the opportunity to create your own key code and share it with others if you feel inspired to do so. And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's um, the idea is I call it the good kind of selfish. The more people I can help by spreading this information and these perspectives, the more comes back to me. You know, Gandhi said, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. And I always add that holds true because there are no others. So it's in giving that we receive. So anyone out there who doesn't know, what should I do? What's my path? What's Ultimately, I can tell you this hint. It'll involve service in some way because it is in service that, that we all ultimately receive uh, our, our fullest potential. Where does one watch your late night talk show, Optimistic? So, uh, over beginning in July, 2019, up until COVID March, 2020, I, that's what I originally moved into the, the, uh, co-living event space. I've referenced the mystic manor. And the idea was to have a place big enough to do retreats for fans of positive head to come and spend a week on retreat. And then the last night they were there, we would film a new, uh, whereas positive head has mostly been audio only. Um, we've just started doing some video more recently, but mostly audio only podcast. I wanted to do something a little more grandiose video production that, and, and not just zoom necessarily, but actual live audience and interviewee. And I would do an opening monologue and there'd be a visionary artist live painting behind me. And we'd talk to them about their piece. And then, you know, main interview, then the retreat guest who had spent a week on retreat would come out and share about their experience over the week and ask questions of my main guest, and then a musical performance on the outro. So same sort of very similar format to a late night style show, all consciousness centric. We filmed uh, 17 of those episodes uh, from July 2019 to March 2020. We've only put out four because the COVID asteroid hit and it kind of threw a wrench in a lot of doing retreats and filming in front of a live audience. All that went out the window. So I still have some that um, I'm planning to put out uh, here in the coming months finally, but uh, if you go for now to optimistic.tv, and optimistic is spelled like uh, mystical, M-Y-S-T-I-C. So optimistic.tv or on YouTube, you can find them if you search optimistic as well uh, with Brandon Beecham. And um, yeah, you can see the first four episodes and more to come that are long overdue to be released. <laughs> I think that's a fascinating idea to invite your audience to come live with you for a week. Yeah. How was, was that? What a journey. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, it, it was really a positive experience. We, you know, we did 17 weeks of retreats. Um, 
And I ended up, one of the reasons after COVID, I, I ended up not going back to that model. It's just a lot. You know, I'm a, I'm a person who's juggling a lot and, oh, I'm going to write a book. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start industry again. I'm going to bring that back, as you'll see if you go to the industry website. And and uh, so, you know, having people who came maybe from across the world to spend a week there, you know, I, I would spend time with them, of course, you know, but it was a lot energetically and, you know, they would rightfully so want a lot of attention and energy. And it was um, tough to juggle all the things that I want to do and was doing with, you know, having that in in my house. So, but what an experience to do it. And I'm so grateful for those that came and who knows, maybe we'll do some iteration of it in the future where, you know, um, but probably not all in the same house all the time. All right. So you have the podcast, you've got the book, you've got the TV show where you can watch the episodes. Yep. What else do you got going on that you want us to know about? You know, the thing that I'm really excited about, I've mentioned is uh, in 2009, I did this um, social uh, music sharing platform called Industry. Uh, the idea is that reinventing the music industry, spelled T-R-E-E. -E. And uh, I've been guided by spirit to, I, I, I started down the path, a lot of spiritual breadcrumbs, a very kind of trippy story that, that I, I share on one episode of Positive Head, the whole origin story. Um, and um, yeah, it's led to launch this platform that allows fans to support artists in a more meaningful, interactive way and to share revenues and from sales and things. And so at the time I launched it 2009, it was sort of like MySpace uh, meets Spotify before Spotify. I had my own token or currency on it called Blooms before cryptocurrency that people would get paid out in. And, and then it was like I hit a wall, hit some personal tragedy, hit a wall with it. And that's when I went to the X's couch. And I was like, I need to manifest the money to do industry right. And I that's when I was led to the idea for Resort Share. Resort Share became an Inc. fastest growing private company, 100 plus employees a few years later. And you know, had such a tiger by the tail, I never went back to industry. And so I finally was like, well, you know what? Not meant that was a different timeline. I was guided to do it. Maybe it is what it was supposed to be. It grew to a few thousand users and was kind of happening. And then I hit some walls. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to put this on ice and manifest the money to do it right without outside help. And that's when Resort Share came into the picture. And then um, fast forward to, you know, just a couple of years ago, year and a half ago, probably, I'm talking to my ex-business partner from Resort Share and he... Uh, he's like, man, you were just way ahead of yourself with industry. You should just bring it back using blockchain technology. It could really work even better now. And so doing what we do together, we got, you know, talking about these ideas. And then, uh, I asked for some signs, uh, and got some very dramatic indicators from source, I would say higher self to bring it back. And so now, uh, industry version two is going to start in the really summer you know, September, we're, we're uh, mid-September 15th, we're going to release uh first song uh, by an artist named Ruby Chase and Equanimous and Johnny June collaboration song called Down. Um, and uh, it's going to be fractionalized ownership of this song just for joining our community. Uh, you can own a, a portion of the song or virtually own a portion of the song. And uh, we're creating, you know, a conscious art community. Industry 2 is going to be all about sharing... Um, uh, music ownership rights and other art uh, uh, ultimately to create permanent village infrastructure and events and, you know, using a DAO uh, and blockchain is a de for those who don't know, it's a decentralized autonomous organization. It's kind of like a, a corporation that lots of people get a say in. And so we're creating community around, you know, with, with transformational festival culture being sort of the beating heart of it. And in music and art is the thing that sort of is you, generative uh on the platform and then we're going to yeah uh see what we can do to to raise consciousness on the planet by propagating more conscious art into the world and creating community around it so that's in my headlights and uh real excited about um about bringing that to the world and like i said if you go to the industry website you can sign up to learn as, as things get released and i have the um the podcast where I record the whole origin story, which is 
which is a trip. <laughs> Brandon, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Should sure. they should they do that through your website or somewhere else? Yeah, you can reach out through, you know, positivehead.com. You can reach out. Uh, my email's Brandon at positivehead.com. You can go to my Instagram, you know, which is um, optimistic, kind of spelled like the show, M-Y-S-T-I-C. And then the O is a zero. So it's zero P-T-I-M-Y-S-T-I-C. You can reach me there. Um, smoke signals, telepathic uh, communication, all are accepted. <laughs> Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Hmm. One last positive message. I'm going to reiterate something that I said earlier. I think it's it's very important that everyone gets. It will change everything if you can um, make this the core, you know, tenant, the core aim, the core information of your biological operating system, and that is the ultimate truth that you are as valid, worthy of all the great things life has to offer as anyone ever has been, could be, or will be. Me, Jeff, the most, your, your most, you know, highest esteem held actor, musician, star, friend, whatever it is, business leader, they are all extensions of you. The, the greatness that makes them great is within you as well. And you have been just waiting for the right time. You can't know that what you are unless you know that what you are not, right? So if you've had a lot of challenge and, and the opposite of maybe, you know, some of those people you hold in the highest esteem experience, congratulations, because without the contrast, uh, none of it means anything, right? If, if, you, if you think about being with your most idealized lover, for example, uh, it's very exciting to think about like, a, you know, the, the big actor, actress or whatever it is. And then now imagine having that or your favorite food now have that forever, every day for eternity. It would become horrible. It would mean nothing. Right. I, I asked my brother one time, what's the greatest meal he ever had when he was in his early twenties, he didn't pay a ticket and he, uh, went to jail for like four days because he, this ticket, outstanding ticket, which led to a warrant <clears throat> he wasn't aware of. Very sensitive, probably the most sensitive person I know. <laughs> when he gets out of jail, I pick him up at 1201. You know, they they let you stay one minute past midnight so they can charge for another day. Pick him up, bring him home. One, two in the morning, I cook him a Hot Pocket. If you ask him to this day, what is the greatest meal he ever had? And he's had a lot of Michelin five-star restaurants and great meals. He'll say that Hot Pocket because of the contrast of what he had just experienced, right? So if you have had a hard time, you know, congratulations, because every moment is another chance to turn it all around. And you are as worthy as any other being ever has been, could be, or will be. And your, your bumps and bruises and ugly parts and all of that is what actually you're perfectly imperfect. That's what makes you beautiful. And it gives you the opportunity to do better. And so that's what I'd like to leave everyone with is really tapping into the truth of who and what you are and how incredibly worthy and loved you actually are. Brandon, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me and all of you for tuning in. Uh, until next time, journey well. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.